Well, before we get to football picks for this week, I just got to say, wow, what a Thursday night football game tonight and what a heck of a World Series we have already. World Series is tied one game apiece. Series is moving to Atlanta. Game three is uh, later today on uh, Fox. Um, but the big story from the World Series is uh, Charlie Morton. The game one starter for the Atlanta Braves is now out for the series after taking a uh, grounder on the right uh, tibia from Yuli Gurriel, the Astros, and he is now out for the series. So the Braves was a huge arm out of their pitching staff, and so they will have to contend with him without him for the rest of the series. And uh, the series will shift to Atlanta for games three, four, and five. All three of those are guaranteed to be play, and if necessary, they'll move back to Houston for game six and seven. Um, and the National League rules apply, so that means that the pitchers will hit probably in the ninth spot for both teams, and there is no designated hitter batting for the pitcher. And so the World Series could be decided at the end of the weekend. So I am very much looking forward to see how it plays out over this weekend. Alrighty. Uh, so moving on to Thursday night football tonight. So the <coughs> Green Bay Packers ended up winning 24 to 21 heck of a game. Um, Arizona went down the field, um, after stopping the Packers at the half yard line on the previous drive. Um, they got the ball back with roughly three, three and a half minutes left, drove almost the length of the field from inside their own one yard line. And, uh, Kyler Murray, he threw a pass to A.J. Green, and A.J. Green thought something different, was running a different route or something, or misunderstood what uh, the the route was, I guess. But anyway, the Packers picked it off in the end zone, and uh, the Cardinals are no longer undefeated. So there are no undefeated teams left in the NFL. Um, both the Packers and Cardinals after tonight sit at 7-1 and one apiece. And, of course, the Packers have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals if um, they ended up tying at the end of the season. Green Bay would end up getting uh, a higher seed in the playoffs based off of a tiebreaker. But um, a few, a few uh, key storylines from this game. Uh, Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in the game. He was not on the field for the Packers. Uh, he was on the COVID list. And uh, the Packers were missing two other wide receivers. So... Uh, Aaron Rodgers had to rely on his backups and third stringers for targets. Um, but Aaron Jones, the running back for the Packers, had a really big day. Uh, got a lot of fantasy points um, in the league against me. So that that didn't help things. But nonetheless, he had a big day, over 100 yards on the ground and several receptions too. Um, and Aaron Rodgers ultimately got the job done. Uh, the days where Aaron Rodgers really has to carry the offense for the Packers uh, where he has to pass for at least three or 400 yards. They really don't have to do that anymore. And bottom line, the Packers have won seven, <coughs> seven in a row after that blow loss to the Saints on week one. That just seems like forever ago. Um, and they are rolling right along and are currently the number one seed in the NFC. On the other side for the Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray, he had a couple interceptions, including that last one um, at the very end of the game where he was not on the same page with A.J. Green at the play calling. And, uh, yeah, and another big story from this game, J.J. Watt, the longtime defensive end, uh, who, of course, joined the Cardinals this season. He is reportedly, according to Adam Schefter, 
going on is going to undergo season ending uh shoulder surgery, which is a big, big blow to the Arizona defense. So they're gonna have to lean on Chandler Jones even more on the defensive line and find other players to replace JJ Watt. But I hate to say it, um, you know, as a Houston Texans fan, as someone who has rooted for JJ Watt um for well over a decade that he's been in the league. Um at this point, he's just injury prone. He's had like four or five major injuries that have cost him several chunks of the season or, or a few seasons completely. So I don't know what his future looks like after this. Um, a lot of people are calling for him to just retire, hang it up, be like, you got your money. Like maybe if the Cardinals win, then get him a ring and then you can go out on top. Um, I don't know what JJ's motivations are at this point. Um, past the surgery, I'm sure he's, Knowing him somewhat from afar, uh, he's very hungry, I believe, to uh, continue to compete as a competitor. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's back with the Cardinals next season on the defensive line. But uh, prayers go out to J.J. Watt for a successful surgery, and um, hopefully he makes a full recovery and he can have a clear head in making um, the best decision for his career moving forward. All right. Couple other notes before we get to the football picks. Um, Deshaun Watson uh, reportedly is heading to the Dolphins. That has not been finalized or confirmed by anybody, but reportedly the Dolphins owner, I believe his name is Stephen Ross, he wants Watson's legal issues resolved. I've been over them numerous times on this. If you've been living under a rock, Deshaun Watson's uh, facing 24 or at least 20 something civil lawsuits regarding uh, sexual. Uh, harassment and sexual misconduct at masseuse places. So, um, yeah, that's pretty sketchy stuff, pretty messy stuff for Watson to be in. Not saying he's guilty or not guilty, but he has a lot of legal issues to resolve at the moment. And apparently the Dolphins owner wants him to, or wants those issues to be resolved and finalized before uh, the Dolphins confirm the trade. So we'll see if Watson winds up in Miami anytime soon, but uh, that is what the latest report is saying that he probably is heading to the Dolphins. Okay, last point. Um, the San Diego Padres, who I mentioned uh, a few podcasts back that fired their manager, um, they have now hired Bob Melvin to be their new manager. Bob Melvin is, of course, the uh, athletics manager uh, from the AL West. And so Melvin is an experienced manager. Um, I didn't read into this too much because it just came out tonight, but my initial impressions is impression is that this is a really good hire for the Padres. Um, he, they get somebody with many years of head coach of managing experience, and uh, I think they can compete <coughs> compete for the World Series with their roster right away. They have a lot of decent to good pitchers. They have superstars like Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, other good bats in the lineup. So the Padres are in prime position to compete with the likes of the Giants and the Dodgers who finished – way ahead of them in the NL West this year and other NL teams. Um, so we'll have to see what the Padres do next season. But for now, they have brought in Bob Melvin from the A's to be their new manager. All right. Now, moving on to college football. We are in week nine of college football. Can you believe it? Week nine already. Season's already over halfway done. It's just insane how fast this football season is, is moving. Um We'll start out in the SEC. Uh, the SEC game of the week on CBS. This is a 2.30 p.m. kickoff. Um, number one, Georgia 
and Florida are playing each other. So this game has been known as the, quote, biggest cocktail party in the world. Um, it's always held in Jacksonville, Florida at uh, TIAA Bank Field. That's where the Jacksonville Jaguars play their home games. Um, so, And this game has produced a lot of classic moments, a lot of big-time players in this game. A lot of, of Florida Gators and Georgia Bulldogs have gone on to play each other in this game and gone on to the NFL. And in this game, uh, Georgia, of course, ranked number one. The Florida's unranked. Um, and Georgia's a 14-point favorite, but... I don't know. I don't think Georgia is really going to blow out Florida as the line may indicate. Uh, the overrunner for this game is 51. Um, I see it going under just because of Florida's rushing game and Georgia uh, could rush the ball quite a bit too. The big question for Georgia is, will they continue to start Stetson Bennett, who's performed well in the past two or three games, or the or will they go back to JT Daniels, who was their original starter and I think is more talented than Bennett. I don't know at this point if you go back to JT Daniels just because of the way Stetson Bennett's been playing, but um, that's for Kirby Smart to decide. Uh, either way, I think Georgia would be in good shape with their quarterback. Of course, Georgia is by far the best defense in the nation, an historic defense. <clears throat> They're giving up only six something points, six and a half points per game, which is just absolutely insane. Um, first in yards per game allowed too. It's just they're in the number one defense pretty much everything this year. Are a big, big reason why they're ranked number one in the country um, by a good margin at the moment. Um, on the other side for Florida, they do rank fourth in the country in rush yards per game. They have two good running quarterbacks in Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson, um, and they have a good set of running backs too um, that they use to produce a pretty good rushing attack. Um it's a little different than what they did last year with Kyle, with Kyle Trask, who's now in the NFL with the Bucks. when they did a really good spread offense, and they destroyed Georgia last year with their pass offense. Um, but the question is, can Florida's rush defense in particular uh, handle James Cook and the Georgia Bulldogs running backs? That is kind of the key to me in this game because we know Georgia's defense is probably going to uh, do somewhat of a decent job stopping Florida, even though Florida has a lot of runners to run the ball. But if the Florida defense cannot stop the ground game for Georgia, then Georgia can pretty much take this one to the bank. So I'm going to pick Georgia to win, uh, but I am not going to say that they're going to cover the 14 point spread. Give me Georgia at like 35 to 24, something like that. That's 11 point margin. So Florida would cover in that case, but I think Georgia will just handle their business and move on to next week. Um, at Georgia, honestly, this is, one of their toughest games left on the schedule. So they're most likely going to Atlanta in the SEC championship, uh, barring something absolutely tragic. All right. Other game in the SEC this week, another big game is number 10 Ole Miss at number 18 Auburn. 6 p.m. Central kickoff on ESPN. Auburn is a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and the over-under is 66. Um, key for this game DJ Jerkin, the uh, Ole Miss defensive coordinator, I think he's going to crowd the box a little bit to shut down Tank Bigsby and the rest of the Auburn rush attack. Um, if Ole Miss does that and force and it forces Bo Nix to be a pocket passer, then I've seen a lot of Bo Nix games over the years to where um, he's not really a prolific pop, pocket passer. He won't really pass Auburn to a victory. Um, he'll have a game like he did against Arkansas, uh, I think, 
was it a couple weeks ago or a week ago? I can't remember exactly, but he'll have a game like that where he does just have been enough of everything to be like, wow. But then as soon as you expect him to be a prolific pocket passer and just pass for two, three, 400 yards uh, easily, and he just somehow just doesn't show up. So the key for Auburn is to establish that running game with Tank Bigsby um, and have kind of a balanced attack on offense. Otherwise, Ole Miss is going to shred Auburn because they have the far better quarterback in the game in Matt Corral, who's one of the Heisman favorites at this point. Um, Jerry and Ely, Snoop Connor had good running games last week for Ole Miss too. So give me Ole Miss the two and a half. I think they'll win this game outright um, and cover the two and a half. I don't know why, I don't know why Vegas is putting so much faith in Auburn at home. I guess on the planes at night is kind of tough, but Ole Miss, I think is just more talented top to bottom. So give me the, give me the rebels in this game to cover the spread and win outright. Um, Moving over to the Big Ten, we got a huge, huge matchup coming up this weekend. This is the Big Noon kickoff on Fox at 11 a.m. Central, uh, noon Eastern. Number six, Michigan uh, at number eight, Michigan State. The Wolverines of Michigan are four and a half point favorites, and the over-under for this game is 51. Um, so let me get this out of the way first. Both teams run the ball very well. For Michigan, they have Blake Corum, Hassan Haskins. Uh, and for Michigan State, of course, they have Kenneth Walker III, who's another dark horse Heisman candidate. Um, Michigan has some good defensive players like Aiden Hutchison, who could be a top draft pick this year, uh, next year in the NFL draft. Um, Michigan is second in the nation scoring defense at 14.3 points per game. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the things working against Michigan. Caden McNamara, their quarterback, has not played much in the fourth quarter, hasn't passed much for that matter in the fourth quarter. So we'll be interesting to see if it's a very tight game versus Michigan State, then how is Kane McNamara going to handle that? And is he going to feel the pressure of having to make some good throws and uh, get the Wolverines on track and maybe score on late drives? And here's the other thing. Michigan, ever since 2017 versus top 10 teams, they are 1-8 and eight versus top 10. Let me repeat that. One and eight versus top ten teams. Top ten teams since 2017. That is not a good track record for Jim Harbaugh, um, who is having the Wolverines playing, play smash mouth football, run the ball, play good defense. Um, but that's not a good line for him to have as a head coach. Um, of course, on the other side, uh, for Michigan State, you have Kenneth Walker. Like I mentioned, Mel Tucker is having his team play very well. Uh, Michigan State's quarterback's great. Uh, they have good wide receivers like Reed and Naylor. And Michigan State plays okay defense, too. I can see why... I understand why Michigan is favored. I just... I think Michigan's going to win, but they will not cover the four and a half. I'm going to say it's like 27-24, 24-21, that type of game. It's not going to be a shootout. Um, it's Big Ten uh, going to be... Good defense in this game, I think, from both sides. But give me the Wolverines to win and not cover. Other big game in the Big Ten this weekend is number 20, Penn State, traveling on the road to Columbus, Ohio, to take on the number five Ohio State Buckeyes in the horseshoe. Uh, Ohio State is 18.5-point favorite. This is a 6.30 p.m. Central, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kickoff on ABC, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Football. 
Um, over under is 60. Um, the key for Penn State, can Jahan Dotson, their playmaker on the outside versus Ohio State's secondary, can he make plays? If not, then uh, Penn State's going to have trouble uh, generating a ton of big plays. Um, can Penn State also generate some D-line pressure, also with their second level and their linebackers? C.J. Stroud for Ohio State, he's playing very, very well. And um, they have a good offensive tack, too, with, I think, Travion Henderson in the backfield. And, of course, Chris Olave leads the wide receiver core for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Low-key, I think this could be a low-scoring game if Penn State tries to run the ball a lot. And even if Ohio State tries with Travion Henderson to run the ball more, too. Um, I think Ohio State will win, but over under 60. Give me the under on the 60. And uh, Ohio... I don't know. I think Ohio State will win, but I doubt. You know what? I say they'll cover 18 and a half. I think they'll win by three touchdowns. Okay, moving to the Big 12. Uh, Texas Tech at number four, Oklahoma and Norman. Oklahoma 20 point favorites, 2.30 p.m. Central kick on ABC. Over under is 66 and a half. Um, so Texas Tech this week, the big news out of there. Matt Wells, our head coach, has now been fired. Um, last week, Tech was 2-10 on third down versus K-State, which they blew the lead. Um, can Texas Tech make big plays versus Oklahoma? Because Oklahoma right now cannot stop the run or, or really big chunk plays. Um, Oklahoma this year in general has just played down to their competition. They have not looked like the dominant o- Oklahoma team that pretty much everybody's used to seeing. But I trust Caleb Williams in Oklahoma to kind of get it right, get it right, and Texas Tech is kind of in a little bit of a funk right now with Matt Wells being fired. Maybe they'll come together, um, but I doubt that their talent can keep up with uh, Oklahoma's. So give me the Sooners to win and cover the 20 points. Uh, Kansas at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State coming off that loss at Iowa State last weekend. They are down to number 15, but they are still 30 and a half point favorites at home in Stillwater. 6 p.m. Central kick on FS1. Uh, over-under is set at 54 and a half. Um, so Kansas is the 127th ranked rushing defense. So that is great news for Spencer Sander and Spencer Sanders, uh, Jalen Warren, and the rest of the uh, Oklahoma State offense. The uh, Cowboys have the best third down defense in the Big 12. So everything lines up for Oklahoma State in this game. So they will win. I don't know if they're going to cover the 30 and a half just because Kansas gave Oklahoma a big run for big, big run for their money last week. Um, so Oklahoma will win, but I don't think they'll cover the 30 and a half staying in the big 12. Uh, Texas is on the road at Baylor up in Waco. Baylor's ranked number 16. This is an 11 a.m. Central kick on ABC. The bears were two and a half point favorites versus the Longhorns and the over-under set at 61. Believe it or not, Baylor is, um, over Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, and everyone else is the number one ranked uh, offense. Their quarterback, Jerry Bohan, is playing very well this year. 12 touchdowns, only a pick. He has some nice weapons on the outside. Um, Texas Texas cannot stop anybody on defense right now. They just blew – they have blown a ton of, ton of leads recently, and their stats are not, not showing that they can stop really anybody right now. St- Steve Sarkeesian is going to have to rely on Bijan Robinson and his quarterback, uh, Casey Thompson, to make plays. Um, I don't know if Texas can keep up with Baylor, and Baylor by far has the best defense 
in this game with David Rand as their head coach, coaching up that defense. So give me Baylor in this game. I think they will win and they will cover in this game. All right. Uh, last game in the Big 12 is number 22, Iowa State. Seven-point road favorites uh, at West Virginia and Morgantown. 1 p.m. Central kick on Big 12. Uh, I think this is on ESPN Plus or something. Over-unders 47 and a half. Um, Iowa State, of course, is coming off that upset win at or at home versus Oklahoma State. Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Xavier Hutchison, they all had big games last week. Um, can they keep it up against West Virginia? I think so. I think they'll win. It won't be a blowout, but I think they'll win by 10 or 14 points. Um, Mountaineers, they have a decent quarterback, Jarrett Doge, but I think Iowa State's just more talented, and, and I think they could build off some momentum from that Oklahoma State win. Okay, now moving over to the ACC. North Carolina is at number 11, Notre Dame, 6.30 p.m. Central on NBC. The Fighting Irish are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under set is 62-and-a-half. Notre Dame is running a dual quarterback system this year with Jack Cohn and Tyler Buckner. seems to be working. Um, Kyle Hamilton, their superstar safety, uh, All-American safety, who's probably going to be a top-five pick in next year's draft. He's going to be out, unfortunately. Notre Dame, I think, is going to win the line the battle in the trenches though with the line of scrimmage they are um second in the nation i believe in sacks um and sam howell the quarterback from north carolina only had 154 passing yards last week um but uh the good news is north uh notre dame is only 94th uh, in the country in pass yards allowed so he could get back on track um Kyra, kyron williams the running back for notre dame should have a big Big game on the ground, though, because North Carolina doesn't have that good of run defense. So it's in South Bend. So give me the Fighting Irish to win and cover. I don't see how North Carolina matches up in this game other than Sam Howell. Um, Wake Forest, uh, big favorites at home as the number 13 ranked team. They are 16 and a half point favorites. Uh, 3 p.m. <coughs> excuse me, Central kick. Um, Over-under set at 70. The Duke... Duke is just having a bad season right now. The David Cutcliffe era, I think, is coming to an end pretty soon. They they have a good running back in Mateo Durant, but Wake Forest, they put up 70 points versus Army last week. Sam Hartman's a good quarterback. Uh, Ja'Query Robinson is a great wide receiver on the outside, and their running backs produce a lot. So Wake is just going to be too much for Duke in this one. They win, and they cover easily. Miami at number 17, Pitt. So Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, is – putting up some pretty good numbers recently. He's a dark horse Heisman candidate and he could be drafted maybe high, even in the first round of the NFL draft next April. Um, this is a early kickoff 11 a.m. Central on the ACC network. Pitt is nine and a half point favorites. Miami at this point, they got a decent win. They got a much needed win last week, but they're still playing for pride. Tyler Van Dyke, their quarterback could do some things, but give me, give me Pitt at home to win and cover. Uh, Virginia at number 25, BYU. So Virginia is going almost cross-country. This is a 9.15 p.m. Central kickoff on ESPN2 late. Um, so give me BYU to win this game. They play a 3-3-5 defense, which Brendan Armstrong, the quarterback for Virginia, could struggle. Um, and Tyler Algier should put up good numbers against Virginia's rush defense for, for BYU. Okay, a few more games to pick. Uh, number two, Cincinnati on the road at Tulane. Um 11 a.m. Central kick ESPN 2. Uh, Cincinnati wins very easily. Uh, 
Number 19, SMU at Houston, uh, 6 p.m. Central on ESPN2. Um, so SMU is 7-0, but Houston is 6-1. This is kind of a pick em game. Um, give me SMU in a close one, just because I think their roster is just a little bit more talented, but Clayton Toon and the Houston Cougars could give them a run for their money. Um, Colorado at number 7. Oregon. Oregon is a 24-point favorite. 2.30 p.m. Central kick on Fox. Um, Anthony Brown's going to run all over Colorado. Kayvon Thibodeau, the potential number one overall pick in the draft next year. Defensive end for Oregon is going to get back on track. He's been playing much better the past two or three games. So give me Oregon and Autzen to win pretty easily. Um, number nine, Iowa on the road at Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Um 11 a.m. Central kick on ESPN. Um, Malusi and committee, they they do a pretty good job out of the backfield for Wisconsin. Bram Mertz, uh, he needs to play better as a passer, though. They have to contend with Iowa's secondary, which is pretty stingy. Um, but both teams sport good run defenses, and I think this is going to be a very, very low-scoring game, which the overrunner indicates it. 36.5 is like the lowest total of any of the games this week. So give me, <coughs> give me Iowa to win it, win on the road at Wisconsin, and the under is definitely the one taking this game. And uh, Kentucky is on the road at to Mississippi State, six p.m. Central kick on SEC Network. Kentucky has a good uh, rushing attack with Chris Chris Rodriguez. Of course, Will Levis is a pretty good quarterback. Um, and on the other side, for Mike Leach and Mississippi State, Will Rogers is another good quarterback. But Kentucky, I think, is just too talented from top to bottom. So give me a dumb in a picking game. They'll easily cover a point. And finally, last 25, last top 25 game of the week is Fresno State at number 21, San Diego State. Another pick em game um, with the line of minus one. Uh, 9.30 p.m. Central kick on CBS Sports Network. Um, this battle for the oil can. Uh, Fresno State, they run a spread offense with big plays. Jake Hayner, pretty good quarterback. San Diego State is a ground-and-pound team with uh, Greg Bell. They need to have a balanced attack. Um, I can see a low-scoring game in this one, but give me the Aztecs at home. All right, on to the National Football League picks. <laughs> Here are the picks for Sunday's games. Uh, noon block to start off on Fox. 49ers at Bears. 49ers are 2-4. and four, Coming off a rainy loss to the Colts on Sunday Night Football last weekend. Three and a half point favorites on the road. It's the Chicago Bears who are 3-4. and four. Um, Just bottom line, the Bears are terrible on offense right now. Justin Fields cannot get it going. And Matt Nagy's play calling is not helping him out at all. Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan, I think they'll back bounce back with the 49ers. It's going to be the 49ers to win in this game and cover the three and a half points. Um, Rams at Texans, you got a six and one team playing a one and six team. The Rams are 14 and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, the Texans have been outscored 102 to eight last three games. So, um, yeah, that that's not very good. So, uh, give me the Rams in this game by a mile and they will cover the spread easily Panthers at Falcons. So the Panthers are three at four 
three and four, and the Falcons are three and three. Falcons are two and a half point favorites. Um, Kyle Pitts, the high draft pick for the Falcons, is finally getting it together. 100 yards in back-to-back games now. Uh, Matt Ryan's playing pretty well. Panthers, though, have lost four straight. Um, Darnold, Sam Darnold, the quarterback, has a passer rating of 61.2, which is the worst in the NFL over the last four weeks. Um, the Panthers are just scrambling to save their season at this at this moment. They're still without Christian McCaffrey, who's been out with a lingering hamstring issue. He'll be on IR for at least this week and probably next week, too. Um, so give me the Falcons in this one to win in Atlanta and cover the two and a half. Eagles at Lions, uh, not a game I'm really interested in like paying attention to or watching. Uh, Jared Goff this season for the Lions, eight touchdowns, 10 turnovers. 0-7 are the Lions. Eagles are 2-5. and uh, Eagles are struggling offensively too, but just give me the Eagles in this game to win. Um, it'll be an ugly game, probably low scoring too. Um, now moving to the noon games on CBS, and this is where we get some good matchups. Um, Titans at Colts. Uh, this is for uh, this is the, for the Titans. Uh, their second game against the Colts, and uh, if they win, then they pretty much guarantee themselves that they win the division because at this point, no one could probably catch them in the AFC South if they want. But they are, are only a point favorite against the Colts. The Colts are three and four. They've won three of their past four games. Uh, Colts, of course, won Sunday Night Football last week, as I mentioned earlier, against the 49ers in San Francisco. Um, Derrick Henry's on an insane pace right now to be over like 2,500 yards, even 3,000 yards from what I've heard. Um, can Ryan Tannehill take the pressure off of Derrick Henry uh, like they did last week versus the Chiefs? Derrick Henry had like 98 rushing yards, but Ryan Tannehill shredded the uh, Chiefs secondary with uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and other targets on the outside. So if they keep that up, then not even the Colts' improved defense can really stop them. Um, for the Titans, Bud Dupree can generate a pass rush, um, and they need to be better on third down. Tennessee has one of the worst third down defenses still in the league like they did last year. As for the Colts, um, Wentz, Carson Wentz, their quarterback, through the last four games, he has eight touchdowns and no picks. So he's been playing much better recently. Um, it's in Indianapolis, so the Indy, Indy crowd will probably be uh, rocking and rolling there. I don't know. It just something tells me that the Titans just are coming, going to come into Indy, handle their business in Lucas Oil Stadium, and just walk out of there with another win. And if not for losing to the Jets in overtime, the Titans are six and one. Well, and you can say if not for Josh Allen slipping, that they would be four and three. But luck is part of the game in the NFL, and they are five and two, and probably going to be six and two after this game. So give me the Titans to win, and with the point spread, uh, Dolphins are on the road at the Bills. Um, Dolphins are horrible this year, one in six. Uh, uh, just not doing anything right, really, like they did last year. Um, second worst third down defense in the league. They have a terrible offensive line, which hasn't allowed Tua Tagovailoa to flourish all season. I mean, he's been playing well the past couple of weeks, but like I said, he got off to a really, really bad start, and that was not all his fault either. Um, as for the Bills, they've won six in a row versus the Dolphins, so they've dominated this matchup the past three years. Um, the Bills' pass rush, which they helped, they boosted through the draft this year. I think they will wreck Miami's offensive line. The Bills are 13-and-a-half-point favorites. That's a huge spread for an NFL game. Um, 
give me give me the Bills to win, but they won't cover the spread. They'll probably win by <coughs> 10 or probably 13 points. I'm going to call it like 27-14 is my prediction. Steelers at Browns. Uh, Browns, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Uh, they are four and three. Steelers are three and three. They had a bye week last week. Um, Big Ben just wins a lot in Cleveland. He has one of the highest winning percentage at in Cleveland as a visiting player. Um, the question for the Browns, if Case Keenan plays well this game, then long-term is Baker Mayfield still going to start the season because he's been injured and uh, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, they put up similar numbers and Baker Mayfield could get paid at the end of the year. A lot of money. I don't know yet. Um, but Brown showed up last uh, Thursday night versus the Broncos in a pretty big way. Dearness Johnson stepped in for uh, Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt uh, and put over 150 yards on the ground, just absolutely shredded the, st- the Broncos' rush defense. We'll see because uh, Nick Chubb is, from what I've heard, planning on coming back. He's questionable at this point, um, so it's really uh, interesting to see if Dearness Johnson will get as many touches as, as he did last week. Regardless, the Steelers' offense is just not that good. They are in the bottom bottom quarter of the league in terms of pretty much everything offensively. So something funny tells me, like, the Browns will win, but they are not going to win, like, easily. I think the Steelers are just going to hang around a classic AFC North, like, defensive matchup it could be. So give me the Browns to win, but maybe by, like, honestly – Less than a field goal. Could you call like honestly 28-27? The Browns could up ending end up winning by like a field goal on the last drive. It's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be close game and a, a tough matchup between two AFC North teams. Now the team that's in first place in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals at five and two. That is very weird to say the Cincinnati Bengals in first place. Um, they are 10-point favorites. On the road at the one and five Jets, um, the Bengals will win and, and cover this game easily. The Jets just suck this season. They gave up fifty four points last week versus the Patriots. That's their most as a franchise since nineteen seventy nine. Um, Zach Wilson, I think, is out, so Mike White's making his first start for the Jets. It doesn't really matter because the Bengals are just going to shred them offensively. Um, and the Bengals' defense is top five in a lot of key categories too, and that's a big reason why that they got a big win over the Ravens last week and uh, are, in, are the currently the number one seed in the AFC, if you can really imagine that. Uh, Jamar Chase has been an absolute home run for the Bengals as the number five overall pick. A lot of people thought that they should have taken Panay Sewell in the offensive line, but um, people forgot that they got Jonah Williams, another top offensive tackle uh, last season, and then he got hurt. So he's healthy this year, playing really well. And Jamar Chase is putting up, insane numbers he has 754 receiving yards this season uh, in his first seven career games which is the most in nfl history for someone's first seven career games so people are already talking about him as the best receiver in the league uh right up there with cooper cup deandre hopkins um i'm not gonna say he is that just yet but if he continues this pace there's no doubt he'll be probably the best receiver in the league and him and burrow could be a lethal uh, quarterback receiver duo for the next decade if they really stay healthy. So Bengals win this game quite, quite easily. All right. Uh, now moving to the late afternoon slots, starting with the uh, CBS games at 3.05 p.m. Central. First up, 
which most of the country will see is the two and four Patriots going out to SoFi in Los Angeles to take out, take on the four and two uh, LA Chargers. Chargers are five and a half point favorites in this game. Um, if you don't remember last year in this game, the Patriots won 45 to nothing. Um, but I guarantee you that will not happen in this game. Uh, the Patriots this year, they are 0-4 versus non-rookie quarterbacks. So that doesn't bode well for them against Justin Herbert, who's putting up pretty, pretty good numbers this year. Um, the key for the Patriots is getting their tight ends involved in the pass game uh, to let Mac Jones do check downs with his running backs and also over the middle of the tight ends. Um, and the Chargers, they don't have a great rush defense, so Damian Harris could have a big day on the ground. Something tells me, the Chargers will win, but I don't think they'll cover their five and a half. I think Belichick's going to keep the game close. Um, so call call the Chargers to win, but <coughs> they will win by probably uh, less than a field goal margin, maybe a field goal margin at most. It's going to be a close game. The other game, uh, not really a sexy matchup at all. The one and five Jaguars taking on the Seahawks, who are two and five up in Seattle. Seattle, of course, is coming off a doozy loss to the Saints 13 to 10 where nothing really happened in the game except for DK Metcalf getting an 84 yard touchdown pass in the first quarter I think uh but other than that not a lot not a lot of exciting stuff happened in that game um the only thing I'm going to say about this is really Seahawks kind of have a home field advantage with the 12th man in Seattle uh Jaguars they're playing they're coming off a win of their they were off a bye week uh, coming off that win uh, against Miami and London a couple weekends ago. Um, so they're still a young team. They're on the road in a hostile environment. So Urban Meyer is not going to get a second NFL win, and neither will Trevor Lawrence, I think. So give me the Seahawks in this game uh, to win without, still without Russell Wilson for at least a few more weeks. Um, and the Seahawks desperately need to win to save their season. If not, then their season's pretty much over. All right. Two games on Fox at 325 p.m. Central. Uh, the game that most everybody will see in this time slot is the six and one Tampa Bay bucks, uh, on the road in new Orleans to take on the saints in the Superdome saints are four and two bucks are six and one. Uh, so bottom line, Tom Brady is playing out of his mind. He leads the NFL in passing yards per game, uh, passing yards, passing touchdowns, completions, um, having the best season statistically by far of his career. Um, I don't know how he does it. He is by far the greatest quarterback of all time, arguably the greatest football player ever. Uh, it's hard to argue against him at this point. You're you're running out of arguments against him. Uh, Jameis Winston, he is going up against his former team. He, of course, was the starting quarterback for the Bucks for a while, and he was famous for having a 30-touchdown, 30-interception season right before Tom Brady got there. Um, and Tom Brady, of course, turned Tampa Bay into Super Bowl winners last year. So Sean Payton, I think, will have a good offensive game plan against the Bucs because the Bucs' pass defense isn't that great. They do have the best rush defense in the league, but their pass defense is bottom third. So Jameis Winston has to make big plays. They have to utilize Alvin Kamara out wide um, on screens and other things because he's known to take those to the house. So I think if if the Saints can make plays like that, then they have a chance against the Bucs. But I just think the Bucs are way too talented on offense. They have weapons everywhere you can look. They're two or three deep at every skill position. So give me Brady and the Bucs. Uh, although the Saints did dominate the Bucs in the regular season last year, um, I think it's a different case this year with the Buccaneers just having more experience, uh, more time together. 
So give me the Bucks in this game to win and cover the five-point spread. The second 325 p.m. Central game on Fox is the Washington football team, 2-5, and five, at the Denver Broncos, 3-4, and four, who are a field goal favorite. Broncos, of course, coming off that loss uh, in Cleveland on Thursday night a couple weekends ago. Um, the Broncos defense is just a mess right now. I don't know how Von Miller's still playing right now, kind of with a glass leg at this point. Teddy Bridgewater, last four games, 0-4, six turnovers, far cry from his first three games where he's completing over 75% of his passes. Uh, the Washington defense, though, was terrible, too. They are last in points per game on defense, 29th in yards per game, and last on third down. So this, this is going to be a really ugly game to see which offense can get going. I think if Terry McLaurin and the receivers for in the backs, like Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick for the football team, if they get going versus the Broncos, then can Teddy Bridgewater or maybe Drew Locke keep up with, with the football team? I don't know. I'm going to pick Washington in the upset. Um, I think the Broncos are kind of in a mess right now. And I think Washington could use its momentum some momentum right now to get back in the NFC East if they can try and even catch the Cowboys. <coughs> and speaking of the Cowboys, they're on Sunday Night Football this week. They are up in Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Cowboys are 5-1, and one, uh, two and a half point favorites. Vikings are 3-3. Three and 7.20 three. p.m. Central kick is Sunday Night Football is always on NBC. Um, something tells me in this game it's going to be a lot of scoring. But one thing's for sure, Kirk Cousins is just terrible in primetime. He is like 0 and 9, 0 and 10 in primetime games in his career. Um, but he's at home and they have a lot of solid weapons like Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in the league, Alvin Adam Thielen on the outside, Justin Jefferson, another superstar receiver coming into light for the Vikings. Um so Kirk Cousins can put up the offense to keep up with Cowboys. I'll just go through the Cowboys offense. Dak Prescott quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard are a two-headed monster at running back. Wide receiver trio for the Cowboys, arguably the best in the league. You got CeeDee Lamb, uh, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup and others. Um, and you got Dalton Schultz, a tight end, who's not bad at all. Cowboys defense, led by Micah Parsons at the linebacking or the defensive end position and plays linebacker too. Um, I think they get Demarcus Lawrence back either this week or ne probably next week. Um, but they have Travion Diggs or Trayvon Diggs, who has just been a ball hawk this year, leads the NFL with seven interceptions. That's a lot than most teams by themselves. Um, so is he going to have a pick in this game? I don't know. Um, but give me the Cowboys to win um, and cover the two and a half, uh, but not by a wide margin, probably like 20. I could see this game going like 30, 38 to 34, something like that. So Cowboys should win and cover. But it'll be a fun back and forth. Could could turn into a shootout quite easily. And last game of the week is Monday Night Football at 7.15 p.m. Central on ESPN. This is going to be in Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are 3-4 and four coming off a brutal loss to the Titans last week in 27-3. And they were absolutely dominated um, pretty much in every facet of the game. They did hold Derrick Henry, like I mentioned, to... 98 rushing yards, but he's still he's still through for a passing touchdown, and Ryan Tannehill picked them apart in the secondary. Um, they're going to host the two and five Giants, who are coming off a blowout win versus the Panthers, 25 
to three. Um, the Chiefs are 10-point favorites. I think they will win in this game quite easily. Um, Patrick Mahomes is better against zone defense than Giants play. I think a lot of zone defense. Um, unfortunately, Mahomes is tied for the most interceptions in the league with nine. Um, that's tied with Zach Wilson of the Jets, who's hurt. Who's hurt. Um, and the Chiefs defense, um, they did get shredded last week in the secondary, but they are improving rush defense-wise. That's case in point. They held Derrick Henry to 98 yards, like I've said many times. But um, give me the Chiefs to win. They are in desperation mode to win and keep up with the Ra- Raiders and the Chargers in the AFC West. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think he'll get back on track, and the Chiefs should win quite easily on Monday night football. All right, guys, that is the podcast uh, for this week. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, the World Series is heading back to Atlanta for games three, four, and five. And depending on if Houston uh, and Atlanta split the games, like it goes one, two, or two, one, either way, it could be going back to Houston. So by the middle of next week, the World Series winner will be determined. Um, So that will be interesting to watch this weekend. And I uh, hope you guys and enjoy the weekend of football uh, or with, with whatever activity y'all are doing this weekend. And I will catch you in the next episode. Take care.